Hello and welcome to Future People Podcast. I'm your host, Imani Walker, and I'm so excited to share this new show with you. Future People Podcast will feature conversations with community leaders and creatives really making a difference in their industries. I'm speaking with people who think outside the box and are imagining a bright future for themselves and the people around them. A bit about me, I'm a journalist, I work with CBC News and CBC Radio, and through this work, I've been able to share stories from racialized communities in Toronto and the GTA. I've worked on politics, news from the front lines through the pandemic, and now I'm focusing on my own storytelling. I can't wait to share these holistic conversations with you for season one. We have some amazing guests lined up, so stay tuned for the next episode a future people podcast. So when I was 21, I got a job at Jack Astor's. The job had its pros and cons, but I made some really great friends. One of those friends is Janine Kwok. I've watched her grow over the past four, going on five years as an artist and illustrator. And along the way, I learned she had suffered from autoimmune conditions and chronic illness. Well, in 2021, Janine launched Auto The Label. It's a comfort wear brand that raises awareness and gives proceeds back to chronic illness communities. The pandemic has really highlighted how many people are suffering with invisible illnesses. So I reached out to Janine to be our special guest for this episode. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So why did you initially start Auto the Label? So Auto was actually an idea that was born out of a school assignment that I had. Uh, We were given this prompt of, if you could solve any problem with design, what would it be? And my initial thought was, okay, what's a feasible problem that I could potentially solve in this assignment? So the first thing that came to mind was my own personal problems that I deal with on a daily. So what came to mind was my struggle with my chronic illness and kind of navigating it through my life. Um, It's something that I've had for around 10 years now. So I really had to learn how to um, not only deal with it, but kind of talk about it as well. Um, So auto was kind of born out of my own struggle with accepting my illness and really feeling less alone in my suffering and kind of finding a community So I wanted auto to be this kind of place where people could feel comfortable with meeting other people with same symptoms, um, you know, asking questions without being judged on it, um, and really just getting information that really isn't anywhere. Um, So yeah, it was just basically to create a community of people that are sharing the same kind of illness. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. So many different themes just came up Mm -hmm. there. Um, let's go back a sec because you and I are actually friends we are. and mm-hmm. you have a great connection to the podcast, which is amazing. Like you mm-hmm. helped to do the design work, um, and your, your work is just amazing. When your auto sweater came in the mail, I was like, yay. It's like my favorite thing when I need like a comfort wear. Oh, um, you. tell me a bit about like your personal experience a bit more with like living with an autoimmune condition and chronic illness and like what that was like especially like maybe looking back two years ago when the pandemic first started Mm -hmm. so I've had uh so I actually I'll say what I have I have rheumatoid arthritis and I have Hashimoto's 
Mm-hmm. Um, both are autoimmune chronic conditions. I've had both of them since the age of 15. So I got them right when I started high school, like second year of high school. Um, and the past two years have been a lot different than what was what was like living with it before. I found that the last two years really did escalate a lot of my symptoms. Um, it's, it's one of those things where chronic conditions, I have this saying with auto that I created where it's, um, it's not, it's a bad day, not a bad life. So sometimes days can be a lot worse than others. And some can be like, I can go about my day without really worrying about it, but there are days where I have flare ups. So when the pandemic first started, um, uh, like a lot of other people, I lost my job. So along with that, a lot of my health insurance benefits also were stopped through that. So I had to kind of navigate how I was going to cover my medication while not working. And I saw a lot of people in this community also facing that problem. And that was another reason why I felt that auto was so important at the time. Um, So when that did start, going off my medication was a huge um, undertaking for me. I didn't realize how much I really do need it. Um, So at the beginning, my symptoms did come back pretty aggressively because I was under a lot of stress too, like losing your job. And we had no idea what was going on at the time with the pandemic. So I would say that um, my symptoms definitely got worse with stress. And throughout this time, I've really tried to keep my stress on a, like a decent level so that I don't go into an even worse flare up. Um, But yeah, it's, it, the last years have been really difficult in, um, navigating it, but I was able to, in the last year, get back on medication through a really long, vigorous process, which is like a whole other thing with people that live with this condition. Medication is not really easy to come by, let alone a diagnosis. So yeah, it's been interesting two years, the last two. Mm. What is the process even like of trying to get like diagnosed for oh boy. A- autoimmune condition like Mm -hmm. you must feel like okay something's wrong but it could be so many different things so many different things uh when I first was diagnosed it took around six different doctors to diagnose me which is insane like that's I had no idea what went into this kind of thing and I grow I grew up with a, a dad that's a doctor like in medicine and still with that connection I was still like put through the system like getting different doctors every week telling me I had something else or my diet was wrong or my exercise, I wasn't exercising enough. I was exercising too much. Um, yeah. So essentially what happened was I woke up one morning and I fell out of bed, just randomly fell out of bed. Didn't do anything different that day. Didn't do anything different the night before. And originally I had thought, Oh, I sprained my ankle. Like I must've walked on a rock or uneven ground or something and sprained it. Mm-hmm. And so I did a bunch of x-rays. The x-rays didn't show anything. So we started to do blood tests because I'd wake up in the morning and I literally couldn't move. Sometimes my arms wouldn't work. My legs wouldn't work. And it was just the strangest thing. So we started to see different doctors and eventually um, a couple of blood tests showed that I did have arthritis and it was quite shocking. Like at 15, you think arthritis is for people like in their older years, right? You're imagining like an older woman with arthritis, but it can happen really at any age. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, so that's kind of how it happened. Uh, there's really no concrete way of knowing how it did start, but a lot of my doctors did tell me that it's stress management. And when I was diagnosed with it, I was under a lot of stress. 
um, I was being like aggressively bullied in high school. And I think that I internalized a lot of the anger and anxiety mm-hmm. and it manifested into my body, which mm-hmm. is why it's so important when you have an autoimmune disease to like manage your stress. Cause it's, it, yeah, it manifests in your body. So mm. yeah, stress management is super important. Wow. And yeah. also like considering you, like you're also an artist, like you work with your hands. So like to be diagnosed with like arthritis, did that affect your work at all? It really did. It affected way more of my life than I thought it would have. Like definitely writing school was a hassle because not only could I, I couldn't walk, I could barely use my hands. So I was missing a lot of school. Um, I was taking a lot of my classes from home and I couldn't participate in any sports, anything like that. So there were days where it was a little bit better and I could walk around, but there were some days where I couldn't even get out of bed. So not being able to, you know, socialize with people, not, not being able to participate in after school activities, it really kind of isolated me in a way that I was not expecting at all. And I, it was a brand new school that I was at. Um, I switched schools and I didn't really know anyone there. So it was really hard for me to make friends in the beginning. Um, so yeah, I feel like it definitely affected me in my, I was a little bit worried. I've always been a creative person. And I feel like I did get a bit worried when my hands stopped working. And I was like, how am I supposed to draw when I can't even, you know, hold a pencil? So yeah. Yeah, because you're an amazing artist, like extremely you. talented. You won like mm-hmm. awards, you went to OCAD, like the arts university. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great that you were able to continue, like what was the saving grace? Was it getting on medication? Was it just managing your stress? Was it family support? Honestly, it was a bit of both. I think at the beginning, if I were to go back and like tell my 15 year old self, like, what would you have done differently? It would definitely be reach out for more support. I definitely, the medication helped so much. Um, and the stress management for sure helped. I had a journal back then too. And I would write down every morning what my symptoms were, what I ate that day, how I was feeling. And that definitely helped me along my journey. But the one thing I wish that I had done was kind of speak more openly about it. Because like I said, like I was internalizing a lot. I wasn't really telling my friends about it. I wasn't telling really anyone, none of my profs knew about it. It was very much like my little secret. And I, I didn't want the illness to become my identity. So mm-hmm. I would really just kind of say, oh, I'm not feeling well, like I can't do this or show up to this. And looking back, I'm like, why didn't I just tell people? Why was I so scared of what people thought? And that definitely made it a lot worse because I felt alone, like very much alone. Mm-hmm. I think as the pandemic like goes on and more people discover that like they have an autoimmune condition or a weaker immune system I think a lot of people are realizing how much like wellness and stress management goes into like managing your own like your health so when it comes to like stress management how did you get a handle of that honestly creating this helped a lot because it kept me busy when you're when I'm busy like my brain cannot scatter all over the place and get into these really negative mindsets I found that making auto really kind of made me not only busy but it helped me connect with other people that were also dealing with the same same things I was feeling the same way I was um 
I was surprised to see how many people that I actually knew personally that came to me and said, I actually have this too. And I had no idea, like absolutely no idea that they were also suffering from it. So Mm -hmm. I think that connection really helped me have a more positive mindset during this time and having something to like work on really helped. I think that besides like, you know, my nine to five job, I had something on the side that kind of was really for me. And I think that we get caught up, especially now when, you know, these work days are getting longer and longer and we're inside all day. And when you don't do something and take time for yourself, it can really, really weigh on you. So I think it's super important to have something that's yours that, you know, it's for you. Um, Whether that's like exercise, maybe you start reading more, maybe it's like you take up knitting or pottery, something that is for you. And it's your precious thing that no one can really touch so that, you know, you have that time for you and you can kind of escape reality for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what actually went into launching this brand? Because it's not easy. Like, you know, we've seen a lot of, you know, failed (laughs) clothing brand launches, but yours is like picking, it's kind of, you've been able to create a community um Mm -hmm. you know I'm walking through and you'll like see someone wearing like an auto sweater and like that's amazing that this is Mm -hmm. just like an idea you had and now to see it flourish in this way so what actually went into starting it because I think you have to be like really strategic also right about like how you launch and Mm -hmm. I think what you said was like perfect it's a community and I think that's behind the success in it is that when I first started the brand I said who is this for and how is it helping them and I think that what a lot of other brands don't realize is you're creating something like, like you said, there's hundreds, thousands of brands out there, but it's more of the message of what, what does this brand stand for and what are the values of it? And when I first launched auto, I asked myself, like, I need to empathize with my audience. Like, what are they feeling? Um, what are, what is missing? And I think there was this in like medical terms, I feel like there's like, it was so clinical the way that we talk about um, mental health and the way that we talk about living with an illness that I kind of wanted to spin it a little bit. And I didn't want it to ever be like the live, laugh, love, like, like that kind of too much positive. Mm-hmm. I, Cause it's not all positive. Like I have mm-hmm. days where I literally don't want to leave the house because I feel terrible mm-hmm. and it's, it's not going to be, you know, you can do it every single day. Some days you can't, and that's okay. Like some days you're going to be inside under your bed sheets, just crying and that's fine. And the next day you could be out in the sun, like at the park. So I kind of wanted to say like, there are going to be bad days and you can handle them. Like just take each day at a time. And that's kind of the messaging behind auto is this, like if there's good and there's bad, there's a balance, you know? And Mm -hmm. And I think that's super important messaging because it's, it's human. We're not always, always going to be happy. We're not always going to be sad. There's ups and downs. And yeah, that was pretty much the messaging behind it. Mm. So like when you actually communicate and connect with people within this community that you formed, like how are they kind of feeling at this time, especially as like the world reopens, people are mm-hmm. back to living life, masks are off, you know, mm-hmm. no more social distancing in the same way that we had before. Mm-hmm. So what is this time like for people dealing with chronic illness and autoimmune conditions? Mm-hmm. I would say that there's definitely, it's great that everyone is able to like experience freedoms again. And I feel like 
being indoors and isolated has definitely had its perks for people like us. Cause like I, I would get sick from, you know, anything even before the pandemic, like I, my system is very, um, pretty weak. Mm-hmm. So I would say that like overall the morale is better. I like, I feel a lot better just being able to have these freedoms again, but at the same time, I have to remind myself that having this freedom is a privilege and that I'm not as probably worse off than someone else with the condition. Like there are varying levels, like it could be a lot worse for someone else. And as much as I am happy that I get to experience this freedom now, I always keep in mind that that's not the reality for a lot of people. And I hope that other people also realize that, especially from this pandemic, that, you know, just to be respectful of people's bubbles in their space, because you never know what's going on behind closed doors. And I would just say that if you're out in public and you're having fun, like do that, have fun, see your friends, do things that you wouldn't be able to do a year ago, but just be mindful. For example, like going to the grocery store, maybe put a mask on because we know that that's an essential thing that people need, right? Or, you know, when you're in your Uber, maybe keep your mask on, but other places take it off if you don't need it. Like, I'm just saying like, try and be a little bit mindful because you never know. Like, mm-hmm. and you don't want to be, um, you know, disrespectful to people that, you know, need these things. Like you need to go to the grocery store. You can't not go to the grocery store. So, and we don't know how long this is going to last. It may last another two years. Hopefully not like knock on wood. I really hope not. But in general, I just think that we have to be mindful of other people. And hopefully we learned that from this pandemic. I'm, I'm really hoping we did. Is there a way that we can incorporate and kind of just remember those with chronic illness and autoimmune conditions when we think of like in our moving forward and, and, you know, in our collective thinking, I think often when we think of the collective and we think of, okay, now the mask mandates are lifted or now, you know, we're going to throw this party, but okay, social distancing, you know, when, when we think of collectives, Mm -hmm. I think often this community specifically gets forgotten. Like we, unless you're dealing with it, you often don't Mm -hmm. think of what it means to live with a chronic like or autoimmune condition. So I just Mm -hmm. wonder like, is there a way that we can start to incorporate this community into our thinking more? It's very similar to like, you know, communities that are disabled, you know, when we think of like Mm -hmm. wheelchair accessibility, you know, there, Mm -hmm. there are ways that we can incorporate some of these communities into our thinking. Can we do that for those illnesses that are kind of Mm -hmm. like invisible? Yeah, that's actually what chronic illnesses are mostly referred to as invisible illness. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there, I think that talking about it and like, even with auto, like just speaking about chronic illness amongst your friends, like being more open with it, not everyone's going to understand it. Like I didn't understand. I had it for years and I was still trying to figure it out. So it's, it's a process of just it becoming a topic of conversation with, between your friends and maybe asking that friend, like, are you comfortable with this amount of people coming? Do you feel like, do you feel comfortable with this? And just kind of, but not really prying because I feel like a lot of people don't like talking about it still. Cause it is, it is something that some people are still ashamed of. It took me a really, really long time to accept it. And I still every day do struggle with it. So I think that kind of just being mindful if someone does share with you, like, Hey, I, I may not be able to join this because I'm feeling unwell. Maybe don't shame them. Say, okay, that's totally fine. We can do something else separately on another occasion Um, Mm -hmm. because you never know, like it could be a really big struggle for them having to accept it. So I think, yeah, just really speaking on it and making it more in the mainstream is going to help eventually. It's a great thing that you're doing. 
right? And I feel like you should be really proud of the work that you you're doing and in the fact that mm-hmm. the some of the proceeds and profit from this brand goes towards charities helping, mm-hmm. you know, communities with autoimmune conditions and, and chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever been able to connect directly with like someone who this has like helped? Yes, I won't name names, obviously, yeah. but there, like I said, there was someone who, um, actually there was two people that really like touched, like it really was like heartfelt, like almost brought me to tears both times. Mm-hmm. So one of the, the people that reached out to me, she has diabetes and she had told me during the pandemic that she was actually diagnosed with it in 2020. So right when the pandemic started and she said, I'm working a nine to five now. And I have to eat snacks during my meetings because I have to keep my blood blood sugar regulated, right? And she would get called out in the meeting saying, hey, you can't snack in these meetings. You can't be eating. You have to keep your camera on. And she would try and explain like, I, like, I need this or else I'm going to pass out. Like, I actually can't, like, it's not an option for me. Mm-hmm. And she said, your platform encouraged me to speak up to my boss and tell them that I have this illness and that I, I need an exception. And I was shocked by that. I was like, thank you so much for even saying that and telling me the story. And yeah, it was, that was an amazing story. And then that she felt compelled to speak to her boss because she saw all of this, you know, that's amazing. talked about. No, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. And the other was a friend of a friend who said that they've been struggling with the same disease. I have uh, rheumatoid arthritis for years and they had never spoken to their friends about it ever they said I never brought it up once it was something I've hidden even from their partner they hid it and they said that ever since um they they found auto or like that I've been speaking on it they've actually told their partner about it and they feel more confident they bought merch from me and they wear it all the time so it was that was also another one where I was like that's amazing to hear that people are they feel compelled to speak about their illness because it's empowering to talk about it no, that's amazing. And like, also for you, like it kind of gives purpose in a way to your pain, right? It's like mm-hmm. you went through years of feeling like you were dealing with it alone and now you've mm-hmm. created this thing and you can see this like larger impact and how much, yeah. like import, how important it is to really kind of speak out and share your experiences. I think like so often mm-hmm. do we like go through things alone and think like, oh my God, I feel embarrassed about it. Not knowing mm-hmm. that like in sharing your story, how many people that can help, right? It's so, so true. It's mm-hmm. amazing that you've been able to do it in this way. Um, and it's helped you too, like in your creative process, mm-hmm. right? And, and also yeah. seeing how you've grown as an artist because Mm-hmm. You know, you're designing sweaters, you're designing hats, you're designing mm-hmm. scarves. Love it. Yeah. So <laughs> summer's just around the corner. Like what's mm-hmm. coming next? What designs can we expect to see? Tell us actually a little bit about like what Otto's apparel actually looks like. So Otto essentially was created as like a comfort wear brand in the beginning. So I just wanted something and it was during the pandemic when people were at home all day lounging around so I wanted to kind of create something that was comfy and cozy for people to wear while they were working from home Mm -hmm. um so I don't have a crew neck with me but we have those crew necks those blue and white crew necks and like I said on the back it says like um it's a bad day not a bad life um because like I said not every day is going to be amazing but you know we power through and another message that I have um, written on the t-shirts is don't give up kid, which is something my dad would always tell me growing up because he saw how much 
you know, emotion I was going through all the time dealing with this. And he's like, you know what, don't give up kid. Like you one more day, like you're fine. You'll, you'll get through this. So that messaging was really strong for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have made these cute little corner eye hats. Love um, it. They're actually named at, they're called the Carson cap. They're actually named after my dad, Carson. Aww. So Amazing. yeah. So um, yeah, essentially everything that was made was to kind of have this positive message when you're walking down the street, maybe even wearing this shirt and someone sees like the don't give up kid. You never know. It could help someone in their day. People, mm-hmm. I wear angel numbers every day because I like this positive messaging, you know, it could help someone. So. Wow. I love that. And I love how much like your family is also very much in this brand and that mm-hmm. who knows how big this could grow in this legacy mm-hmm. that it kind of will will create for you and your family and generations to come. Um, but launching a brand, you know, it's not easy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. do you have any tips for people starting out who are looking to do something similar? Yes, my number one tip would be stay organized, like get a planner. If you can get a whiteboard, I bought this giant whiteboard that I just write down the next three months and exactly what they're going to look like, because it can be, you can get really bogged down in the details and it's really exciting. Like once you start the ball rolls with ideas and you're getting all of this inspiration, it can be really easy to get lost or overwhelmed. And I'm not going to lie, there are some weeks where I feel so overwhelmed and that's because I haven't planned properly or I've been slacking on, you know, what it is I need to be focusing on. So I would say my number one tip would be definitely stay organized and just stay on the ball with that. Um, And my second word of advice would be don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that a lot of people think that they can do it on their own and you can, but why not get help from people that have done this before mm-hmm. and go and join. I'm not sure if you know clubhouse, like the app, that's what I got when I first started. And I would just join these rooms of female entrepreneurs. And I would just listen. I would just sit in and be like, this is great advice. Like every single time I would go on, I would hear these people talking about starting their businesses or, you know, people talking about their really successful businesses. And mm-hmm. sometimes they would even let me ask questions to mm-hmm. the panel So don't be afraid to reach out. You'll be surprised. People will answer you. Like even through Instagram, if there's someone's brand you really love, ask them, how did you get started? How, like, what was the inspiration behind this? What keeps you going? Don't be afraid to be that like squeaky wheel because they, they have all the answers. It's just, you have to ask them, right? So. And knowing you and in knowing what you've been through in the past two years, Mm -hmm. um, how much of a like no tolerance for bullshit <laughs> have you oh, been able to grow because it's like when you think about it you're like oh this is stressing me oh this actually affects my health you gotta go mm-hmm. you know yeah like, and when I tell you that's what I mean like I feel like the last week of my life the last two weeks of my life mm-hmm. I've officially been like no more bullshit we're done it's me first mm-hmm. and not even in like a. I mean I can be selfish you can be selfish it's your life right but it's also just kind of like I reached a point of just, I'm tired of pleasing everyone. And if I'm not happy, then it's got to go. Like if it's not making me happy, if it's not allowing me to grow. And that's been like the theme of all the auto posts lately is growth. I found that I'm talking about growth a lot. So I feel like, and that's the thing that we go through these life experiences, not knowing how it's going to end up. Like I thought it was going to go one way and it didn't, but that forced me to grow in a different direction. I never thought I would have. So 
it's a blessing in disguise kind of thing. And I'm happy. I'm so much happier I am now. And it took that stress or that push to get me here. So hashtag growth. Yay for growth. Love it. Love it. Janine, you're a gem. Thank you so much for joining the show. A special thank you to Janine Kwok for joining the show. You can find her on Instagram at Janine Kwok. You can also find Auto The Label on Instagram at Auto The Label. And you can find their website, autothelabel.com. Our podcast is on Instagram at Future People Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at Imani Walker, Imani with two A's. Thanks for listening. Take care.